0: Hey everyone, it's Pastor Mike Adkins, and I want to welcome you to Next Steps, where the teaching pastors of Grace Church help you focus on taking a next step in your spiritual life. If you're not listening there already, I invite you to take a moment to download the free Grace app. It's the best place to hear and share messages and to get connected with what's going on here in the life of our church. Just search Grace Church Orlando in your app store or head to discovergrace.com forward slash app to find it. Pastor Clint Harrison and Pastor Grant Nixon and I hope that these podcast conversations will help you take your next step toward Christ. Hey everyone, welcome to Season 2 of Next Steps, the podcast that helps you take your next step toward Christ. I'm here with Clint Harrison. How's it going? And Pastor Grant Nixon. That's what's up. <laughs> and uh, we are excited to be able to be here for Season 2. We're kicking off Season yeah. 2, guys. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. There were actually some people that listened to the first season. Well, that's and right. They liked it. Well, my mom, uh, and Clint's
1: mom, Clint's mom, uh, my aunt. I mean, your mom. aunt.
0: Yes. What's her, na- what's her name? <laughs> <laughs> Let's give her a shout out. <laughs> we should give her a shout out. Give her a shout out. We her definitely should. Doing- but he's not. <laughs> <What> not- <laughs> Susan, name? we're
1: so glad that you are listening right now. <laughs> uh, uh, Susan,
0: you are the best. In our hearts. Well, listen, we are we are here to talk about a unique subject. I don't yeah. think we've covered anything like this yet. Um, so we have been in this um, pandemic, and we've been in our homes, and we've been mm-hmm. doing all kinds of things. But one of the things that's happened as a result of that is that there's been a huge rise in social media interaction. So yeah, yeah. I mean, in fact, most people are talking about how we've actually moved from a standard economy to a digital economy in which um, our lives are kind of intertwined with the internet. Right, Right. People who weren't even before this are now connected in a way that they've never been connected before. And that leads us to some really important stuff. Like, for example, what kind of etiquette should you have on social media? Mm. Especially as a Christian, let's think about this from the perspective of what does it mean to be a follower of Jesus and be a responsible social media consumer?
2: Yeah, we, we think about it's gonna lead us to think about etiquette, as you said. It's gonna lead us to think about what place does social media play in the in the role of a Christian's life. And and if we can back up a little bit, make the question even bigger, is it, it makes us think about our online life versus real life, you know? And typically we think in those categories that that who I am in, in, in real life, is that really who I am online? Yeah, define that. Versa. What do you
0: mean by the difference between your online life and your real yeah. life? Are they different?
2: Good. Yeah, well, actually, um, hey, don't skip ahead. All right, no spoilers. I, I think, <laughs> I think it's an interesting question because you think about there's a point in time where um, you could have you could have a real life without an online life. Sure, there was a point in time, right? We all remember the time pre-internet. We remember the time pre-iPhone. Even I think iPhone even changed it then because then yeah, we 100%. carried.
1: The internet around with us everywhere. It was AOL and instant messenger. That was it. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely.
2: And so you didn't, you weren't constantly connected. You weren't constantly trying to connect with others, right? I remember a uh, comedian, I think it was Pete Holmes actually, he talked about, uh, you remember life before the internet when you'd be sitting around going, How old is Tom Petty? And then remember, you just wouldn't know. <laughs> <You> just, <laughs> would
0: that's just, completely true. That's completely true. You, you would just go, well, who knows? Well, who it's, knows? A it's a mystery. you a great question. Does live anybody have an Encyclopedia Britannica? You would just, you, <laughs> totally. You, <laughs>
2: Mine wasn't updated. I always had like the 60s edition. The 60s but are like,
0: Tom who? They got on clearance.
2: But but yeah, so there was a time where that was true, where there was an online life and there was a real life. But I don't think that's true anymore. Yeah, I don't right. I don't think it's true anymore. I mean, think about now with the iPhones in our pockets or constantly in our hands, right? Like the the ubiquity of the internet everywhere. I mean my my dad who just recently celebrated a birthday he's 77 years old um, and he does n- he lives on his iPhone. Like absolutely lives on his iPhone. And so yeah. I mean from from fun stuff to just you know interacting with his friends on Facebook and whatever to to serious stuff like interacting with his doctor's office. Sure. You know, there is yeah. no I don't think there is a difference any longer. It's become
0: kind of the source of knowledge for us all. I always like to joke around that I was a lot more correct before the internet. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because right. now yeah. you can just look up any fact or any any idea. And we do that all the time, We even when we just say Google it. You know, right. That's where we get our information from.
1: Yeah, my kids correct me all the time. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, uh, this, this, and they're like, Dad, that's not correct. I just looked it up. Like, I just asked <laughs> Siri. Told me. Yeah, I you just, know? I just take, I just take the phones away. See, I'm there's like, just no <laughs>
0: discipline in Clint's house. Wow.
2: But this leads us to a, it leads us to a disconnect, though, in a lot of our lives, right? Where yep. we, we know that there is no difference between online life and real life anymore. They are just, there's just life. That's right. And yet we still live at times especially on social media we live a digital double life in other words we live as if what we do online because there's a screen between us and somebody else because there's anonymity we may do things say things uh, approve of things or even project things that we wouldn't do in real life right that's right and I think we've all had that right think about the last time you were at a restaurant and you had a bad experience did you just let the waitress have it? Did you just let the manager no, of have course it? Not.
0: Probably not. No. Probably yeah. not. There's an immediacy to that. I've got to look you in the eye.
2: Yeah. But did you go on yelp? You know what I mean? Like did you just did you just rake them over the coals on Google? Probably or like maybe you did, right? And why what's the difference there? There's this there's this disconnect in our mind of this this cognitive dissonance that that What's happening online is not—it's not real life. Yeah, you know, and there's not real consequences. Yeah, and I think I
0: think honestly that there, what it really is to me is, it's the it's the idea that you can say what you want to say on the internet, you can say what you want to say online, and there's no immediate consequences to it. Like Mm -hmm. for example, using your illustration a second ago, if you yell at the the person who was serving you, right, number one. You look like a jerk to everyone else around you, yes. and also you have, to res- you have to deal with the response of that person. Maybe she bursts into tears. Maybe she gets mad, and she comes back at you, whereas online, you can say all kinds of things and not have any consequences, and yes. I think that's, there's, there's something terrible about that that yes. is causing us to become increasingly more and more harsh right. with one another as a society. So it even seems like, and, and I'm not a, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a Luddite. I'm not a person who doesn't like technology. I love right. technology, but I do think we have to learn to deal with it responsibly or we're going to lead to greater incivility in our culture.
1: Absolutely. I mean, it's, we don't have to face the noise. We can just say whatever we want, do whatever we want. And right. I even remember talking to people who had experiences in online dating and they would talk about how the things that the pictures that they saw and the things that they said about themselves when they actually met the person, mm. like in person, yeah uh, they were completely different, yeah and it was just crazy to them and, and so the idea that we can be something that we're not is no longer the case like it's it's totally it is what it is.
0: Grant, you were telling the story um, a little while ago about uh, somebody who had an encounter. Um, yeah, yeah. Go ahead and go ahead and share that story.
2: Yeah, I was I was sharing with uh, these two guys actually uh, off mic earlier, as we call it in the biz. Uh, <laughs> I was sharing with these two season guys. two, <laughs> <laughs> a story of a of a guy who got online criticism um, through through Twitter and through YouTube comments, and um, he actually tracked down some of those people to see them in person. To say, hey, excuse me, why did you say these things about me? Or why did you, you know, why did you communicate this so angrily or so aggressively? And every single person that he talked to, when he saw him in person, they seemed like incredibly decent human beings. Mm-hmm. Like they seemed they didn't they didn't come off like they did online. Online they were aggressive and they said hateful things and they were, you know, it was it was really angry mm-hmm. rhetoric. But then in person, they were actually really kind and they were and interesting. And yeah. Almost all of them responded with an apology. And I'm sorry, that's, that's not who I am, right? Now, that's
0: interesting, because I think that's what we're describing when we talk about a digital double life.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: You know, on the one hand, you might have a persona online that's much more severe and fierce, and in person, you could be much more demure. And I wonder sometimes that incongruence right there, because people are thinking, you know what? Like in person, he's thinking, I'm really a good person. I'm sorry I said some bad things. Yeah. But online, there's not a lot of repentance. There's not a lot of... It's just harshness. Mm-hmm. And so I think one of the things that we have to figure out as we're thinking about how do we communicate Mm -hmm. online, the Bible says that a reputation is better, a good reputation is better than silver and gold. Mm -hmm. And the idea behind that is that what people think of us matters. Now, not in the people-pleasing kind of way, right? right? I mean, scriptures are unmitigatedly clear that we're not supposed to people-please. You know, we don't live for the approval of other people. But a relationship with Jesus does lead to a good reputation because... We live the life of Jesus, right? Right. And so how do we we live online in such a way that we don't have one personality here and another personality there? How can we bring our whole self to our online presence and our whole self to our in-world presence?
2: I think real simply, it starts with us just acknowledging that. Just acknowledging that we've lived a double life. Mm-hmm. And for, for some of for some of the people listening and, and even even myself, thinking back to interactions I've had on online with people, I have to think, um, did I did I live that double that digital double life, right? Did I did I right. act as if it's a different world, it's yep. a different place? Um, and so I, I think just acknowledging that that could be you. I mean, let's just be honest. Just acknowledging that 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 could be you—a a, a thought experiment that that we talked about before—that that might be interesting—is you know, as you try to evaluate, is is that me? Well, let's take your your posts. You're 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 listening and you're saying I'm a Christ follower, and uh, you know my my mission in this life is to help people take their next step towards Christ. I bet a lot of people listening would say that that's them. Well, I mean, let's take your posts, and then instead of you tweeting them out, or instead of you putting them on Facebook, let's take your posts and let's let the Grace Church account do it. Would we do that? Yeah. If if Grace Church took your posts and just posted them verbatim, word for word, what would that say about Grace Church? Mm. Would it hurt our mission of helping people take their next step towards Christ? Would you be shocked? If we would you post, be ashamed? Would you be ashamed? <laughs> yeah. Would you be embarrassed? Would you apologize for us, right? Would you
1: show your face? Right. Yeah. And so
2: I, I think that's an interesting thought experiment. And all we're trying to do is to get you to think about your, your online life and what you post on social media. What story is it telling? Is it it consistent? Is it telling that story of helping people take the next step towards Christ? Because that's what social media is, right? Isn't it, guys? Isn't it just telling stories? It's communicating? I mean, we talked about- It should be.
0: It should be communicating who we really are. Really, right. But it's often not.
2: And And that's all social media is. They're virtual networks. They're communities. Where Whether we're talking about Facebook or we're social networking or we're on Twitter where we're microblogging or we're on TikTok where we're video sharing, no matter where we are, these are just virtual communities where we're, we're, we're connecting with real people. These are real people with real lives, real souls who really need to take a next step towards Christ.
0: So let me ask you a question, because I can, I, can f- I can fear or feel, rather, uh, people in the background going— you know what, I'm going to push back on that a little bit. Sometimes in our culture, there are just such harsh and ugly things out there. We need to push back on it. Mm. We need to be people who are truth tellers. and We need to say hard things to people. Um, What's wrong with saying something hard on my Facebook page? Mm.
1: Yeah, no, I think those are great questions. And I think that is reality in, in that sometimes you do and sometimes you do speak back but is i was i was meeting with a guy recently and he was talking about the political scene and he was even saying i feel like i have to say something and i asked him is this the best medium like mm-hmm. or is a sit down with somebody and you actually have a conversation and say hey let's talk about these things do you think you'll go farther there or on social media like how much influence do you really have there and and even can people understand um, the mood, the, um, the actions, the, the thoughts behind it, y- you can't. like it, What's posted out there is there, and you oftentimes read intent into it. You read motive. Sure. You, you don't see the whole story. And so I challenged him and just said, hey, as you're thinking about that, think about in person as opposed to just posting something that somebody can misread so easily. Because social media, there's it two big problems with it.
2: It's built, uh, it's built to be one-sided just straight up when right. you're throwing out a facebook status yep. update or you're sharing something or whatever you go well no there's comments there that's not a real conversation no. you are you are shouting out an opinion which in a conversation where you can listen which is which is loving which is how we're supposed to do right quick to listen so to speak right if in a conversation you may say that, and it could it could be they could read as Clint just said they could read your body language, they could read your tone, yeah. they could you know you could have a conversation about it, but on Facebook you're shouting out this idea. It's a declaration, right. um, and so it could come off hateful because you can read into it all types of different things. Which is the other problem with with social media is. Is one is it can be one sided, which in times can be hateful. At times it's not. I mean, we're not painting social media as evil, by the way. No, it's not. No. Like you can absolutely, it's you can tool. absolutely say things that are loving and kind and, and in a one sided way. But but on the other side is it's not built for complex ideas. Right. It's right. not. It's not built to to communicate right. com- complex right. ideas. And that's where that's where we get ourselves in trouble. And and can I say it? Let me add a third one. You're not going to change the world. Through social media, I, I mean seriously. Can I ask anyone on, like, seriously, if you're listening to this podcast and you read an opinion on social media that was completely different than your own and completely changed your your view, can you please email me? Like, so, I want to hear. So that.
0: I would push back on that a little bit and say, I do think that I do think that social media can be a tool that is used for. The good of the gospel. I think it could be used for the good of building an argument. It definitely is good for building anger through culture. So it could be used for doing good things. But I, I do think that, like, one of the things that the Bible says is that the overflow of a man's, you know, the words that flow out of right. his mouth are the overflow heart. of his heart, yep. right? So I don't think that when we are nasty online and then we are, you know, nice and gentle and meek in person, that those are two different people. I think that one platform is more dangerous for you to release that which is bad inside of you yes. uh, versus uh, face-to-face, which has immediate consequences. So let's talk about maybe some ways in which we can kind of, you know, how can our etiquette online glorify God? How can we, what can we do that helps us be accountable to ourselves and to frankly to our church? Because when you belong to a church, whatever church you belong to, um, you are a part of a people. And as you speak so many people think that your church speaks as well right so how do we what do we do um how, what are the governors on our mouth and governors on our hearts that we that we use to kind of help us shape the narrative the story that we're telling because we don't want a digital double life we right. want a single life that's lived through digital and real means
1: yeah Yeah, at least pausing, right, and saying, God, is this this glorifying to you? And even, you know, what framework am I supposed to have? Well, if we're telling a story, are we telling God's story, Mm -hmm. or are we painting a different picture, a poorer picture, a smaller picture, when we should be painting this grand picture of who Christ is in our lives? And so if you even think about the past 90 days of posting, has your story been honoring to God and glorifying to God and painting a better picture or is it a diminishing picture is it a mm. picture that says man my life is less than and i'm i'm seeking things that are cheaper than what god wanted me to love and to go after and to seek you know you, know,
0: you remind me when you say that, that that when jesus came he said the kingdom of god is with you and among you and in you mm. and that that jesus was saying to his early disciples he was saying listen your life has to be about the kingdom of God, that's not right. the kingdom of men that's right and one of the things I think that like animates a lot of people either to speak politically or whatever is that they put too much stock in the kingdom of this world yeah. you know the there's just very simple very simple fact about what's going on with our elections right now. everybody's polarized but here's what the Bible says the Bible says that God chooses. All authorities. He places all authorities in power. And that means if that means by the way that he's chosen Republican governor or uh, Republican presidents and, and democratic presidents. But at the end of the day, you know, while our involvement is important, God is in control of these things. Yeah. And if we have a big kingdom mindset versus a small kingdom mindset, maybe some of the anger that we feel could be allayed by the fact that God is sovereign, that yep. he's over the circumstances of men.
2: Yeah, it's. I love that idea that both of you just said. It's. It's this idea of, are my posts? What kind of kingdom are they building? Yeah. Right. Like what? What is it? What yeah. is it building towards? Is it building a political kingdom? Am I building kingdom a kingdom of fear? A kingdom of fear. Lies. I. I mean, another one is uh, another idea too. Before we post is. Um, what emotions are you feeling in this post, and what emotions are you trying to elicit from this post? You know, the scriptures tell us that the the anger of man um, doesn't bring righteousness. That's like right. Like the, yeah. the anger of man will never lead you to a good place. And there's so many posts that we've all read, um, and that Clint has posted himself, <laughs> where where That's either a, we removed them as you <laughs> as you as you, as you read it as you read it it reads angry. It reads, "It's the anger of yeah. man." You yeah. can hear them saying, "Those people, those those people did this," or "I can't believe this is happening." And even if they aren't angry, the post is worded to what elicit anger, right? To elicit that type of that. Type See, that's of interesting. That's a
0: interesting point because you know, most it's interesting that most people who are angry in their posts are angry because of righteousness. Mm. I am really angry about this issue. Mm. I am really angry about these people. And really behind it is a desire for righteousness. But the verse that you just quoted, you know, that man's anger does not bring about the righteousness of God. It literally says you can't actually do that. So what it is, is a broken strategy. Mm. Yeah, It's a strategy where even though we're trying to bring righteousness about by being loud and and, and confrontational, the Bible says that will not work because God's righteousness is the kind of righteousness comes by the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self control, those kinds of things, and that's different than a screaming, angry mob. Which,
2: which I mean, you can even see it in your own families, right? I mean, the learning to be a, a godly father that I one day hope I hope I am a godly father as I strive for that. Um, one of the earliest ways that I discipline my children or I try to bring them to a place of righteousness to do the right thing is like yell. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I get yeah, angry and yeah, I yell sure. and I'm angry because this is going to hurt you and this is going to hurt other people and I want better for you. Right. And so I'm just, ah! And right. as we all know, a lot of the times that doesn't work. Right. It's not leading mm-hmm. them to a place of repentance, not leading them to a place of righteousness. And and it's something that, that I try to work on a lot is to try to approach them with gentleness and yeah. to try to approach them in a way that that will actually lead to to change. And so, yeah, these these angry posts, though they may feel like a righteous anger, That's right. this is a wrong thing. This is injustice. That's right. And Christians should be upset about injustice. That's right. And so as that may feel like a righteous anger, but is it... Is it is your strategy right? Is your strategy right? Yeah, is right. that going to lead? Because your post, there might be, there might be truth in there. There might be something beautiful in there. There Sorry. usually is. Yeah, yeah, there usually is. But You're it's, right.
0: but it's painted in this anger, and it's, it's designed to elicit anger. And it's really interesting that the scripture says in Ephesians chapter four, make every effort to maintain mm. the peace of Christ. Every effort. Make every effort. Right. Exactly. So what that means basically is that like our job is to make sure that we are constantly working towards peace and goodness, unity. In fact, and I think one of the things that the modern mm-hmm. church misses in a big way is that unity was the very last thing that Jesus prayed about. Yeah. I mean, right before he is, yeah. uh, ascends into heaven to yeah. be with the, with the Father, he's like, "I pray mm. for the unity of the church." And so, yeah. if we are yes, if we are followers of Jesus then we have to make every effort. Now, I don't know if when you're listening to this, if you think, man, that's me, I make every effort. But do we really Mm. make every effort online to Mm. build people up? I mean, how much better would it be if we just asked the question, am I building up or am I tearing down? Man, that
2: hits me right in the face, man. That's tough. Can you imagine? But it goes back to giving our lives away. My social media doesn't belong to me. That's right. My social media, according to Scripture, my life doesn't belong to me. My life belongs to you guys. Like, we are that connected that the scriptures say that, like, when we suffer, when one of us suffers, we all suffer. And so my social media is not about—I hear people say this all the time—I felt like this had to be said. That's why I posted that. right You're wrong. You're wrong three times in that sentence, right? It's not about you. You shouldn't be governed by your emotions, and and you're not the ultimate judge, right? Like, it's about other people. It belongs to other people. Paul said, I won't eat meat anymore. If it helps people out, (laughs) I don't eat meat anymore. And we're going, this is my social media. If you don't like it, you don't have to follow me. If you don't like it, you don't have to. No, your social media doesn't belong to you. It's Jesus' social media now. I want people to start thinking about the fact that as Jesus is redeeming your life, he's redeeming your online life. He's redeeming your social media. Yeah. Like, he's he's doing that work as he's making you less selfish as a father, as a husband, as a co-worker. He's trying to make you less selfish as someone on Facebook. Right. Like, he is redeeming you. And just as he placed you in your workplace, he placed you on TikTok, which is a weird sentence I never thought I'd say. He placed <laughs> you on Facebook. He placed you on Twitter. He right. placed you in these social networks to redeem them. Yeah. To redeem them. That's right. And so, to paint, the more beautiful
0: to paint a more beautiful picture of the immunity. gospel.
1: Peace. That's right.
0: But you know, how beautiful is that? You know, that we have the great opportunity to be able to be peacemakers, to be beauty bringers to our culture in light of that. And so, in some very real sense, as more people shout and we become more reasonable, um, our light shines brighter than Mm. everyone else. Well, guys, I think that's a good place for us to stop right now. Um, Man, this has been awesome. As usual, we're going to do an entire series on this, actually, and so we're really excited about that. Over the next three weeks, we're going to be taking a look at social media and the implications of that because it does play such an important part of our life, and we do not want to live a double digital life. We have a single life. God gave it to us. We want to express that in every area that we possibly can. All right, guys, it's been great being with you. Uh, I'm Pastor Mike. Pastor Clint. Pastor Grant. We love you guys. We'll see you next week. See you guys. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We hope to see you this weekend at a Grace campus near you. Get all the details and more resources at discovergrace.com.